Well, welcome to the Believer's School of Ministry. I'm Tom Shanklin, and this is Lesson 12 of the Introduction to Ministry. So this is our final lesson, and we're going to trust God to uh, lead and guide us in this lesson. There's uh, some tremendous truths here, uh, uh, a lot of which is kind of a summary, kind of trying to bring together some of the things that we've taught during the 12 weeks. And, of course, this also, as I have mentioned, is a commissioning service. Uh, for those who have gone through the class, that we want to pray for you and release your ministry and believe for supernatural things. Lesson 12 is bringing healing to families, communities, and nations. The purpose of this lesson is to encourage believers to be agents of mercy, forgiveness, and healing to a dark and troubled world. We are healed, we bring healing by following Jesus. John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Well, that's amazing. The Bible said that, you know, we're going to do the works of Jesus. We're going to do the same things that Jesus did. And so that is that is so powerful, so exciting. Amen. All right. Now I'm just making a change here on my recording. <clears throat> so we bring healing by following Jesus. We believe in him. And then he commissions us and uses us to reach others. We are really uh, intricate in the plans and purposes of God. If we look at the history of the world and the plans and purposes of God, we are essential to the plan of God. What do you mean by that? I mean that God's church, Jesus' church, is the instrument by which he is bringing forth his will on the earth. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know, if we look at the story of the Bible... And, you know, sometimes it's good to back up and look at the big picture, okay? Because we look at scriptures, you know, we look at the gospel, we look at the epistles, we look at the prophets in the Old Testament, we look at Genesis. But we sometimes it's good just to back up a little bit and look at the big picture. And what is the big picture of the Bible? The big picture is the story of the Bible is redemption through Jesus Christ. So we have... In the beginning, God creating the heavens and the earth. We have him, and we can read about this in Genesis 1, how he created mankind in his own image and in his own likeness, and he blessed them. God's intention was never to bring a curse on humanity, but rather blessing. And he made us in his own image. He made us good. But then we see in Genesis chapter 3, that Adam and Eve rebelled against God, listened to Satan, and a curse came upon them. And it tells them immediately when they sinned, they knew they were naked, uh, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. And in the end of the cha uh, third chapter of Genesis, we see that God also put a barrier between man and himself. We see that there was a, the garden where the tree of life was, which is a picture of paradise. And, of course, so man had access to the tree of life. Man had access to fellowship with God. But because of sin, then God put a barrier up so that man would not live in that fallen state, okay, and uh, eat of the tree of life and live forever. So he put up a, a barrier. He put up uh, cherubims with a flaming sword to keep the way of the tree of life. And so we see two barriers, really. We have a barrier on man's side, where man hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, and then God put up a barrier. But how many know Jesus is the access unto God? In John chapter 10, he tells us, I am the door. So we go back to the picture in Genesis, that the gateway into the paradise is this door, and here's these angels with the flaming sword keeping the way of the tree of life. But Jesus is the door, and he makes the way for us to access God and to access 
the tree of life. So then we see in Genesis chapter 12 how God began to deal with a man named Abraham. And Abraham, he went in, got into, God got into a covenant relationship with a man named Abraham because he had particular purposes for this man. And, uh, Abraham lived in Ur of the Chaldees, but God had called him to move with him, to leave his family behind. And so he moved to Haran and then eventually he moved down to, uh, where Israel is now in the Middle East. But God told him, told Abraham, I will bless you, and I will bless your seed, and in you, Abraham, will all the families of the earth be blessed. So if we look at the Old Testament, we see uh, God's dealings with Abraham's physical descendants. But all the time, God had in mind not just the physical descendants of Abraham, but the spiritual descendants, that God had a plan to bless all the families of the earth. Praise God. So we're talking today about bringing healing to families, communities, and nations. And we're just kind of laying a foundation here uh, for that healing. And the healing came because God had a plan. And Abraham was an intricate part of that plan because through Abraham came the Messiah. Jesus came, you know, as a descendant of Abraham. And, of course, Mary was a descendant of Abraham, and Joseph, his stepfather, Jesus' stepfather, was also uh, a descendant of Abraham, and in that lineage. Well, then in Genesis chapter 22, we see how God uh, called Abraham to sacrifice his son. And, and so Abraham went up to Mount Moriah, and he took his son, and he took the wood, and he took the fire, and he was obeying God, but then just before he was about to sacrifice his son, the angel stopped him and said, no, now I see that you'll obey God. You're, so in this covenant relationship, something really powerful took place. Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son in obedience to God. But then God stopped him, and then there was a ram in the thicket. Remember how there was a ram in the thicket? In other words, this ram's horns were caught uh, in the thicket of brush, and so Abraham sacrificed the ram instead of his son. That's a picture of Jesus Christ. He's like the ram in the thicket. He's the one that was sacrificed for us so that we didn't have to be. And so this is God's dealings in his covenant relationship with his man uh, Abraham. But it's interesting there in Genesis chapter 22 that... God told Abraham after he had been willing to sacrifice and after he sacrificed the lamb in the thicket, you see, and it's interesting because God then sacrificed his own son. You see the picture there? Jesus, God so loved the world that God gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So in that covenant relationship, Abraham was willing to give his best. Well, God gave his best not only for Abraham, but also for Abraham's seed. But in Genesis 22, we read that, uh, we read that God said, in you will all the nations of the earth be blessed. All right. So these are the nations uh, of the world. We could say India and, and uh, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka and all that, but actually all the little nations that you have in India. You have so many ethnic groups. Those are God looks at those as nations. And all those nations shall be blessed because of Abraham, you see. So this is God's plan to bring blessing into the earth. He sent his son to come and bring blessing to the earth and to reverse the curse. So we see in Genesis chapter 3, there was a curse but Jesus came to break the curse and bring the blessing. Hallelujah. All right. Interesting now in, the, in Ezekiel, and I, I ask you just to jot down some of the references I'm giving to you here because I'd like for you to look them up on your own. I'm going down a little rabbit trail, but it's because the Lord, I felt just the Lord wanted me to bring things into perspective a little bit in the Word of God. We see in Ezekiel 47 a picture of waters issuing forth from the throne of God. And 
there was a river that came out of the throne of God, and that river was, first of all, very shallow. It was just ankle deep. And then it became, you know, knee deep. And then it became waist deep. And finally, the river became like deep waters, deep waters, okay? Now, that river and the waters in the Bible is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So God is telling us in Ezekiel 47 that he's going to flood the earth with his glory. And there's going to be deep waters. So we may be experienced just a little ankle deep waters of the Holy Spirit. But the plan of God is to bring deep waters of the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's wanting Hyderabad, Secunderabad to be flooded with the glory of God. Amen. Well, now, how is he going to do that? He's going to do that as you and I yield to him and allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us. Uh, Jesus was talking to the woman at the well in John chapter 4, and he says uh, that there'll be within you a well of water springing up to everlasting life. That's, that's the waters of the Holy Spirit in salvation. Thank God for the waters of of the Holy Spirit and salvation because they come and they give us the knowledge of salvation. God's life is in us. We're born again. But then in Genesis, or in, I'm sorry, in John chapter 7, Jesus said, He that believes in me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So here we begin to see the picture that God wants to bring a river into the earth, you know, of his glory through you. He wants you to flow in the Holy Spirit. So these are the things that we've been learning about in our classes is how God wants to use us to bring his glory in the earth. And then in the uh, book of John, in the 15th chapter, Jesus told his disciples, Abide in me. If you abide in me and, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. And so he's telling us to live in him, to live in fellowship with him, okay? So this is really where it begins, is our relationship with God and our fellowship with God. And so he says, live in me and let my word live in you. And what's going to happen? You will ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. In other words, you'll have miracles. You'll see answered prayer because you're living in Jesus, and his word is living in you. And in John chapter 15, verse Eight, he says, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Okay? Then Jesus says this. He says, as my Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. So here again we see our part in the picture of the plan of God in the earth. God loved his son Jesus. Jesus loved his disciples. Then he says, now continue in my love. Uh, We have a saying, I don't know if you use this um, in uh, your culture, but uh, it goes something like pay it forward. You know, when you get blessed, bless somebody else. Well, this is what we're to do. We've been blessed by God, so we're to bless others. We've been loved by God, so we're to love others. That is really the heartbeat of this whole message and this whole class is loving people. Amen. And letting his compassion flow through you. I learned a long time ago that really the anointing of the Holy Spirit is actually just God's love in action. And so when you pray for somebody, then let that love flow through you. When you preach to somebody or witness to somebody, let that love flow through you because that is Jesus you know, doing his work through you, bringing forth his glory in the land. In the book of Ephesians, uh, in the first chapter, and, uh, you know, I encourage you to read that for that prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, but at the end of that, he says, the body of Christ, the church, is the fullness of him that filleth all in all. In other words, God is flooding the earth with his glory, flooding Secunderabad, uh, Hyderabad, India, Dubai, with his glory through you. Amen. He's filling the earth with his glory through you. Praise the Lord. 
And then in Ephesians chapter 3, we see again where he talks about how he wants us to be filled with the fullness of God, that we'd be able to comprehend the love of God, you know, and uh, that we would walk in that love and that we would be filled with the fullness of God. See, God wants you to fulfill the ministry of Jesus. He wants you to carry on what Jesus began. God loved the world so much, he gave his only son. Jesus loved us so much, he died for us. Okay, Now he wants us to continue in that love and love people. And sometimes it involves sacrifice you know, to love people. But that is where the flow of God is. And again, in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, he talks about how uh, that that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. And then it says to him, be glory in the church throughout all ages. So church, you are filling the earth with the glory of God. Amen. And then Ephesians chapter 5, we kind of get down to the rubber where the rubber meets the road. In Genesis, I mean, in Ephesians chapter 5, he tells us, don't be drunk with wine, whereas in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and, spirit, and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. So he's talking about being filled with the Spirit. So he wants you guys to be singing to him, you know, praising him all day long. And singing these spiritual songs, singing in the Spirit, worshiping the Lord, being filled with the Spirit. But then he transitions from that into human relationships. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So we're to be, we're to get along, we're to love one another. Then he transitions into the family. And we haven't talked a lot about family in our lessons, but that scripture in Ephesians chapter 5 really deals with the area of family. And wives, submit yourself to your husbands. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Beautiful teaching on that. God wants the love of God to be in your home. Amen. And by the way, if your ministry is not what it should be at home, then it's not going to be what it should be outside the home. So be sure to take care of things on the home front. Amen. Love your wives. Uh, love your husbands. Love your children. Raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And then he even goes into our relationships uh, in the job, in the workplace. So being filled with the Spirit affects everything that you do. And through all these things, even practical things, you're bringing forth the glory of the Lord uh, because you're filled with the Spirit and then you're living it out in your in a practical way in your life. So you're walking around and that glory, those rivers are flowing out of you and meeting the needs of humanity. And then in the uh, book of Revelation, in the 22nd chapter, it says, He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, and in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was the tree of life, which bare twelve manners of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And it says, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So you see, God has a plan to bring healing to the nations. And there's going to be fruit on the sides of the tree. And people are going to come to the Lord. And this gets into the area of the restitution of all things. So the Bible is a total picture. You know, it goes from God's creation, uh, God's creation of man to the fall, and then the uh, dealings of God with Abraham, and then Jesus Christ coming, and then the body of Christ fits right in there. You see, the body of Christ is involved in bringing forth the glory of God in the earth. But ultimately, then, God is going to bring total restoration and bring healing to the nations in the end times. And that's talking about the, the restitution of all things. And you can read about that in Acts chapter 3, verse 21. So these are just some of the things that were on my heart. <clears throat> They're not really in the notes. 
But uh, I don't know. My heart was stirred about some of these areas. So I hope you got something out of that. And I think if you'll go back over these scriptures, God will minister to you uh, through those things. So we bring healing by following Jesus. As the scripture said, as he is, so are we in this world. So we're following in the footsteps of Jesus. First uh, John chapter 2, verse 6 says, He that says he abides in him ought himself so to walk, even as he walked. So our goal should be to walk and live like Jesus walked. And uh, John chapter 20 says, As my Father has sent me, so I have sent you. So we have the same calling of as Jesus. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit to accomplish it. And we must release forgiveness rather than judgment. You know, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says that God was in Christ not holding their sins against them. So uh, Jesus brought forgiveness. You can see that in his ministry. You can see that when he hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. He didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him should be saved. He came to bring mercy. And the Bible said that mercy rejoices over judgment. You know, people are already condemned. You know, sometimes we do need to make them realize it. But overall, we're to bring the message of uh, mercy and grace through Jesus Christ. First uh, Corinthians twelve twenty seven says that you are the body of Christ and members in particular. So each of us are part of this body. Each of us are unique. Each of us have our own part uh, to play in the body of Christ, just as my hand has a different part than my foot or my knee. So it is that each of us in the body have a different part or function, different calling. And in some of you, there's a calling that you haven't even realized yet. And these classes, I think, are part of it. But you're going to see as your ministry develops that there's going to be certain specialties or certain areas that you're going to move into, such as some of you may be called to be pastors or evangelists or missionaries. And so just go with the flow and let God lead you step by step. And I want to encourage you to have confidence that the Lord is with you. You're not on your own. You know, he said, I've not le- I haven't left you as orphans. So when you go and when you share Christ and when you lay hands on the sick, it's not just you doing it. He is with you. He is in you. And it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. All right, next section, your ministry starts at home. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Jerusalem was their hometown. So they were called, first of all, uh, to minister in their hometown of Jerusalem. And we also have a calling to reach our hometown. Excuse me. And so in their hometown, they ministered. And, uh, you know, but sometimes ministering in your hometown is the most difficult place. I know in our community here, We felt called to minister in our hometown of Mankato. But probably over the years, you know, we've had more success, you might say, in other places. We've had, you know, in our hometown, we've had smaller results. Just right now, after being in this town for 12 years, though, things are beginning to open up. So, you know, stick with it, ministering in your hometown. But God doesn't want you just to stay only in your hometown you know, you may think that God is sending you to Dubai uh, just for uh, financial reasons, but you might be being sent there as a missionary. So, uh, you know, the, the early church, uh, they actually were staying in Jerusalem. They were ministering there. They really weren't reaching the world. And so there was a persecution that came upon them, and then so they were scattered. And because of that, the church in Antioch was started, which actually was a missionary sending center. So actually God used that persecution uh, to spread the gospel uh, throughout the world. And that was his ultimate plan. So Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world. 
Some, maybe some of you are called to be missionaries to America. We need missionaries over here. But whatever it is, you know, just go with the flow. Let the Lord lead you step by step. Uh, Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country. And in his hometown of Nazareth, it says he could there do no mighty work. But yet Jesus continued to minister in that area. He went around to the villages teaching the word of God. So even Jesus' ministry was not as effective in his hometown. Nevertheless, he continued to minister. Uh, Jesus told the Gadarene demoniac in Luke chapter 8 to return to his own house and tell the great things that the Lord has done for him. That's really the essence of being a witness. You know, the early disciples were witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They told people that Jesus rose from the dead. Well, we really do the same thing. Jesus is alive. He saved me. He changed me. He healed me. He delivered me from alcohol. Why? Because he's alive. Amen. So we are witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we are to practice uh, the love of God in your own home. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 through 6, 4. That should be 6, colon, 4. Uh, we just talked about that in your own home. That's where your ministry begins. Do not ignore your ministry to your wife, to your husband, to your children, to one another. All right, next heading. Compassion is the heartbeat of ministry. Jesus, it says, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. The Lord wants you to have that same compassion for people. This is the heartbeat of true ministry, to have compassion on people in your home, in your church, in your community, and in the world. Okay? Uh, I found out a long time ago that successful ministry is actually just loving people. You know, I when I first started ministering the Word of God in church services and Bible studies, I remember I had a friend that said, how do you do that? I says, well, I just get up there and start loving the people. And that's really how all, you know, ministry is birthed, just by loving people. So just keep cultivating that compassion, that love for people, and you'll see that your ministry will flourish. All right, redemption starts with prayer. We talked there about the, the Lord's Prayer, what's called the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I think I'll just open up and read it here in Matthew 6. Matthew 6, verse 9. They ask him how to pray. He says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. I like praying to the Father. That, because that's biblical. Amen. Well, you hear a lot of people praying to Jesus. Okay. But Jesus taught us to pray to the Father in his name. So I like praying to the Father because it's biblical. Besides that, God has called us to a relationship with his heavenly Father. And our heavenly Father. The only place I really see in Scripture where anybody prayed to Jesus is Stephen when he uh, when he was dying. He said, "Lord Jesus, receive my spirit." So normally, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying biblically, we're called into a relationship with our Father through Jesus Christ. All right. Then he says in verse ten, "Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven." Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And so here's a prayer. We're talking about actually bringing forth the kingdom through prayer. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Here's another little truth for you. Something to chew on and think about. A lot of people believe that whatever happens on earth, it's God's will. You know, if uh, if somebody has a car accident, well, it's God's will. He just had some mysterious purpose there. But here Jesus said that we are to pray 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So actually then through prayer, we can bring forth the will of God. God's will is not automatically done. But through prayer, we can bring forth the will of God. So I have learned and practiced this for many years to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And then I'll start with me. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in me. Help me to think the right thoughts, to speak the right words, to live, to do the right actions, to treat my wife right, you know, to nurture my children correctly. Help me, Lord. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in me. And then, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in my family. So, see, we're bringing forth the kingdom through our prayers. And, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in our church. Pray for your pastor and his wife and family. Praise God. Your kingdom come, your will be done in Pastor Diva and Amelia and their family, in Jesus' name. And then pray, your kingdom come, your will be done in my community and in my nation and in the world and in Dubai. Praise God. You guys, when Austin goes to Dubai, you need to hold him up in prayer. You need to stay in touch with him, encourage him. And Austin, when you go, you've got to stay connected to the Lord and you've got to find some Christians to connect with over there. Because, you know, you need, you need the body of Christ. Alright. Uh, we are called to reconcile people to God. Alright. Let's look at 2 Corinthians because I think this is such a key. 2 Corinthians 5. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he or she is a new creature. Old things are passed away, all things are become new. The miracle of the new birth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus changes lives. He's changed your lives, and you're different than you were before. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. You know, he's reconciled us. We were separated, as we talked about earlier, through this fall. But God has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. He bridged the gap and brought us back into fellowship. And so all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is your ministry. You, Moses, you have a ministry of reconciliation. You are called to reconcile men and women, boys and girls, to God. Amen. Every one of us are called to this ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. The word of reconciliation is the gospel. God is not holding your sins against you because Jesus paid the price for your sins. You don't have to be condemned. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to be separated from God. Jesus Christ makes you whole. Praise God. It's a word of reconciliation. Praise the Lord. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. We are ambassadors. Praise God. Uh, you're an ambassador to Dubai. Praise God. You have a higher calling than any government official. Amen. You're an ambassador of heaven. And you're taking this message of reconciliation to the people of the world. In verse 21, He has made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Think of it. We were sinners. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But when Jesus died, he took away our sins and he made us righteous. And you are the righteousness of God. You can walk in your righteousness and you can bring that 
message of righteousness and reconciliation uh, to others. All healing starts with healing in our relationship with God. It begins with us and our, the peace that we have in our own heart. God did his part. He sent Jesus. Jesus did his part. He died on the cross. Now we must do our part by bringing the good news of God's love and forgiveness to others. We can bridge the gap between God and man by our life, by our love, by our witness, by our prayers. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 says, He has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. You know, the Holy Spirit is bringing forth a, men, uh, a message of reconciliation and healing. He's not interested in us just bringing the letter, the letter of the law, the letter of the word, but the forgiveness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. These are things that are in our ministry. Praise God. That doesn't mean we never talk about judgment because we can't ignore that. All the Old Testament, New Testament preachers talked about judgment, but we present the mercy, love, and forgiveness of God as the answer to judgment. James 2.13 says, Mercy rejoices against judgment. And John 3.17, God sent not his own Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So we are called to give people a way of escape from judgment through Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus came to save, not to destroy. Remember the disciples wanted to call down fire from heaven? He said, you know not what fire... What? <laughs> Spirits you are of. No, we're not called to bring judgment. We're called to bring forgiveness and healing. So we need to bring, we need to react with evil with the opposite spirit. Amen. You know, we have, uh, now you guys don't know probably about football. You have football, but that's what we call soccer. But we have, yes. fo we have football. It's with this oblong ball. Have you ever seen it? American football? Yeah. yeah. Pastor David has. Yeah. So anyway, our our uh, town, that our, our city that we live near is Minneapolis, and the uh, football team went to into the playoffs and played a football game over in Philadelphia. Well, so when we went over there, our fans went over to Philadelphia. They treated, some of the fans in Philadelphia treated our people really badly. Uh, they were threatening, throwing things at them, cursing them, and so forth, because they were, <coughs> excuse me, because they were Vikings fans. So there was a, a, a lady from our city that started a fundraiser and what she did is have had a fundraiser to raise money for uh, the Eagles, the Philadelphia team's charity. So in other words, instead of reacting negatively to their negativity, she did something good. That's what we need to do. We need to react to evil with good. We need to love people when they treat us badly. That's, that's the spirit of Jesus Christ. All right, healing and forgiveness are in alternate, alternately, inalterably link, linked. So if we're going to bring healing to families, to communities, to nations, we're going to need to bring forgiveness. Many scriptures bear this out. Uh, Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5 says, He forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. Uh, Matthew thirteen fifteen, lest I, lest they should be converted and I heal them. Uh, if they shall, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And James, prayer of faith shall save the sick. The Lord shall raise them up. If they've committed sins, they shall be forgiven them. Forgiveness and healing go together. So we need to minister forgiveness to people, and then we'll see more healings. Can I have an amen? Amen. Amen. All right, ministry is serving and involves sacrifice. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, that says that we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed 
by the renewing of our mind. So we're, we're to present our bodies as a living sacrifice for the Lord. Uh, we're not to be consumed with our own personal uh, uh, benefits, but for others, in Jesus' name. Ministry, the word ministry means uh, serving. And Jesus taught the message, if you want to be great, be a servant. So don't ever get the attitude, well, I, I'm, I'm a big shot in the body of Christ. We're always servants, no matter what our calling, how high our calling is, we're still to be servants. So we bring forth Christ in the earth as we honor people, love people, sacrifice for people, serve people, forgive people. Uh, we are called to take on the mind of Christ. And uh, you can you can read about that in Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made upon took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of man, being found in the fashion of a man. He humbled himself and went to the cross and he died. He went even further. And Jesus calls us, uh, any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So, there's sacrifices in ministry. Uh, it, it, there's a price to pay uh, to bring the gospel to people. Sometimes, you know, you'll love people and they'll reject you. Uh, because of the traditions that are in their life, they'll oppose you, they'll fight against you. But the Lord calls us to be willing to sacrifice so others can know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. All right, John chapter 15, verse 16. Jesus said, I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth much fruit. And so today, we want to ordain you to go and bring forth much fruit. We want to appoint you based on what you've learned and based on what God is doing in your heart, that God would release your ministry in a, in a powerful way in the days to come, wherever you go. And if God calls you to another nation, that you'll take this commission and you'll take the things that you've learned and the things that God's put in your heart and you will see much fruit. Amen. You know... Uh, in my life, you know, I was a pastor for many years. Uh, and, but God put it in my heart to do evangelistic work. And the Lord spoke to me. He says, align yourself with me. And so I began to pray. I spent about a year praying and seeking the Lord, just allowing him to do his work in me. What do you mean, align yourself with me? Well, some of the things that we talked about here uh, speak to that. We have our own will, what we want, our own choices, okay? But as we yield ourselves to God in prayer, He changes our heart to care about the things that He cares about. What, is, what does the Lord care about? He cares about people. He cares about lost souls. He cares about prodigals that are away from God. And so this is the work of God in our lives to, to have us yield ourselves to the Lord and to prepare ourselves uh, to minister. So I just encourage you in prayer just to allow the Lord to have his way in your life. Give yourself to his will and to his purposes. And you're going to see exciting things. But I gave myself to prayer, you know, for about a year. And then the Lord launched me into a totally different ministry. You know, I haven't been pastoring a local church since 2005. I've been in more traveling and doing missions work and things like that. And even now, even like this year now, God is opening up more doors and opening up a whole new aspect of my ministry. It's just an ever-evolving, ever-developing thing that God does in our life as we yield ourselves to him and as he is allowed to develop us and nurture us in the things of God. So I pray that uh, these lessons have been a blessing to you, that they have changed your heart, 
they have caused you to see the plan and purpose of God for your individual life. And so today we want to just uh, begin to pray and uh, we want to just release you into your ministry and believe God for, for miracles, signs, and wonders and that each of you will win many souls for him. Can I have an amen? Amen. So um, I wonder, can you guys arrange yourself, maybe stand up somewhere where I can where I can see you all at once? I don't know if that's possible or not. And what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to lead you guys in a prayer, ask you to follow me in prayer, and then I'm going to pray for you in the name of Jesus. And then I'm going to sign off and I'm going to ask Pastor Diva if he would just lay hands on each person and believe God for the release of their ministry in a powerful way in the days to come. Amen. Is that all right, Pastor Diva? Yes, yes. All right. Not the world's greatest picture, but <laughs> it's breaking up a little bit here. All right, let me lead you in a prayer. Say, Dear Father, Dear Father, thank you for your work in my life. Thank you for your work in my life. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for changing me. And making me hungry for your will. Making hungry for your will. Today I choose. Today I choose. To align myself with you. To align myself with you. To do your will. To do your will. And not my will. And not my will. I take up my cross. I take up my cross. Take up my cross. And follow you. And follow you. And follow you. That just as you sacrifice, Lord. Just as you sacrifice, Lord. I will sacrifice. I will sacrifice. That others might know you. That others might know you. That others might know I consecrate myself. I consecrate myself to you, to you, and to your will, and to your will, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, I want you to just lift your hands and, and receive from the Lord, okay, I'm going to pray, just receive, Father, I pray for each one, Lord. I thank you for the power of your spirit coming upon them. And Lord, I thank you that from this day forth, they will never be the same. They have been marked by your spirit for service. And they will take your gospel to the nations in Jesus' name. Amen. And I break Amen. every spirit that would be against them in Jesus' name. Every lie of the enemy that would say, you can't. We cast that down in the name of Jesus and we loose them. Lord, put a holy boldness Amen. on them. Anoint them by the power of your spirit to be a yes. witness of the resurrection of Jesus yes. Christ. And we will give you all the honor and the glory for it, Father. Yes. In Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let's praise him today. Hallelujah. Praise Thank you for sending us to the nations, Lord. Thank you for sending us, Lord, with your compassion. Yes, Lord. 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 Yes, Lord.
as it is in the yes, heaven. Yes, Lord. Your kingdom come. In my family, come in, Lord. Lord. In my church, in my community, and in the world. Bring healing to the nations, Lord. In Jesus' yes, holy name. And we will give Amen. you all the honor and the glory for it, Lord. We just thank you and praise you, Father. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, Pastor Diva, I'd like to ask you if you would be willing just to lay hands on everyone there and pray for them and just enjoy the presence of God together today. And then you guys have your have your meal. You want to have Austin come up here and we'll pray a special prayer for him before we sign off. All right. I guess that's you. The picture is not very good over here this way. Uh, all right, lay hands on him. Lay hands on Austin. Father, we thank you for this young man. We thank you, Lord, for your will in his life. We just say your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, I just, I just pray your divine protection upon him as he goes to another place. We thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon his life and you will never let him go. You said in your word, no man shall be able to pluck you out of my hands. And I thank you yes. he is in yes. the hands of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, you will use him mightily in the place that he goes, Lord God, for your yes, glory Lord. and for your honor. You will give him wisdom in how to minister, how to love people, and exactly what he's to do. Lord, guided yes, by Lord. your spirit, help him to stay in fellowship, Lord, to stay in touch with his friends back in Hyderabad, Sikandabad. Yes, and, Lord, also to make new friends over there. And I thank you, Lord, for his family. Lord God, that they will be blessed of you, and they will be in your will, and that there will be much fruit as you send them yes, out, Lord. In the name of Jesus we pray. And all Amen. 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 All right, guys. Thank you, Pastor Tom. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye.